What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and live from the Presidential Turkey Pardoning Ceremony, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, first off, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, very excited. Even though I'm allergic to turkey, I like everything else about Thanksgiving. That must be tough. That must uh, that must be like being allergic to the sun or something. I, I don't kind know. of. It's like a it's a real bad day of the year to be allergic to turkey. I will give you that. I just eat a lot well, of I guess ham. It you, so it gives you an excuse own. to watch the Cowboys game the entire game then and just excuse yourself yeah. from the table, I suppose. Pretty much. Plus, I mean, it's. Really, I mean, at least it's better now that I'm not still living in the Philly area because then I was just surrounded by people already heckling me. So, and then, of course, naturally I live in Carolina now where I now have to deal with Carolina fans all week, which sucks. But, you know, make and do. Things are going to be okay here. (laughs) Well, I mean, if I were a Cowboys fan living in Carolina like you are, I would probably be saying to those uh, Carolina fans, look, you know, when Tony Romo's our quarterback, we're undefeated too. So it's the battle of two undefeated teams then. I mean, I have to hold on to something. And as a Cowboys fan, like Thanksgiving with Tony Romo generally works out pretty well for us, um, so much so that I'm now nervous that, like, maybe it's been too much of a good thing and now it's going to come back and, and, you know, come full circle and we might lose this year. But, you know, I just as a Cowboys fan, you basically stay in a state of fear. I think is really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't wasn't Cape Fear wasn't that shot in Carolina too, or, yep, or off yep, the coast of one of the Carolinas? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very funny. All right. Well, in the spirit of the holiday, then one of the things I thought we could do before we get into the actual game um, predictions and analysis that we like to do from week to week, um, mm-hmm. thought we might go and give a quick list of our. Um, our favorite, uh, you know, turkeys this year, fantasy turkeys that we would like to pardon. So first up, uh, quarterbacks, who you got? Who, who's the fantasy quarterback turkey that you want to pardon? Um, I, It was kind of hard to narrow it down, but I think I'm going to go with Andrew Luck, uh, just fantasy and real-life purposes. Like, you know, it's partly our fault. We built you up. We ignored some of those interceptions over the last few years. We, t- we said that you were an elite quarterback, and maybe the numbers didn't support that. Maybe you had a good team around you, and it worked out. So now that things have kind of come back to mediocrity a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm going to pardon him because this was partially our, our doing, and we're a little to blame for it. Yeah, but, and plus his offensive line has been pretty banged up. And if he's scary. really playing with... scary out there. Matt Hasselbeck almost died ribs. last week. Yeah, and if he's playing with missing ribs, that's probably not a good thing either. Or cracked ribs, that's not a good thing either. But uh, so I'll go, I'll go with, with a, a pretty obvious choice here. But uh, I'll go with Peyton Manning. I think you know, he's really... Yeah, I don't know if he's at the end of the line or whether this is just a temporary slump, but uh, whatever it is, it's disappointing to somebody who's probably one of the first three or four quarterbacks off the board on draft day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And then, um, and then of course, as, as people in the Philadelphia area would probably agree, we could actually have the we could pardon both the principals in the off-season trade between the Rams and the Eagles, where we had Sam Bradford traded for if Nick Foles. A lot of people that thought, trade. I think it'd be better for everybody for both teams. I don't know though. If they both played the way they did with their respective teams this year, yeah, I'm not sure that that trade would have worked any better. And I mean, and Nick Foles wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire last year for the Eagles, but uh, we'll see. So, how about uh, running backs? Who do you have as your? Uh, who would you like to pardon at running back for thanks for uh, fantasy turkey this year? Oh, um, that's. <laughs> That was the running back might have been the hardest one to pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Eddie Lacy. I think though, just because part of it is so many of the the big names that we drafted high got hurt and injured, and we got you know we got fooled by some of that. But Eddie Lacy, yes, you were a little banged up, but you're still in a you know a, a pretty good spot. You're in a dominant offense, but you can't hold on to the football. You're not doing your job, and it's it's making me crazy. I just don't. I I've been burned by it, and I don't like it. I, I would I would agree with that. Um, the other one that I had on my list was Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati, and we were hearing yeah. all off season long about how he was going to be um, so great, you know, this year, and he was a breakout candidate, and that that certainly hasn't happened. And then the other one that I'll just quickly add to the list would be C.J. Anderson in Denver, who has gone nowhere fast in a hurry this year. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, okay, how about um, wide receiver? Who who do you have there? Uh, well, again, you could you could go with several. Um, Nelson Aguilar in in Philadelphia. Everyone was very excited about in the off season. He has done little to nothing so far, um, and just an overall turkey. I think we can all look at you, Des Bryant, for just being a general crazy person. Not a fan. I mean, like I like him on the field. I don't like him off the field. Crazy. All right. Well, trying to confine this to on-field performance, I would nominate <laughs> Randall Cobb as uh, yeah, my, my turkey. One. I mean, yeah, not not so much for his off-the-field uh, behavior because I don't think he's really had any issues there, but more just because he was somebody that a lot of people figured no Jordy Nelson this year. He's the guy, and Aaron Rodgers is seemingly at the peak of his career, but it just hasn't really he hasn't really justified the the high price that um, people had to pay to get him this year? Nope, not so much. It's been a weird year. Okay. All right, how about tight ends? Who who um, who hits your uh, list? Who's the fantasy turkey that you'd like to pardon at tight end? Jimmy Graham. Uh, I think this is, would probably be your answer as well, and, and most people's. It's just Seattle's not working. I mean, it was, it was a nice show in the preseason with with uh, showing them in camp, running drills, and, you know, looking buddy-buddy. And they're, they essentially traded uh, a quality center, first-round pick, the, the farm, and got a blocker. I, I mean, what are you doing with Jimmy Graham? Come on. Maybe, okay, I'm, maybe gonna... Seattle's more my turkey. <laughs> Just a general in hindsight, team. it might be Seattle, not Jimmy Graham. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Ladarius Green in San Diego. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you, this with could uh, be your pick for like the last two years. <laughs> well, I mean, this year, 
you know, just more again, you know, yeah. Antonio Gates suspended at the beginning of the year. Ladarius Green had the chance to really cement the job and, you know, mm-hmm. didn't happen. I mean, he had one good game, I think, but uh, by and large hasn't really lived up to the, to the height. So I'm not, I'm not so impressed there, but uh, kicker, anybody come to mind? Um, well, there are a lot of kickers that don't have jobs anymore. So I, kind of collectively the kicking organization not doing so fly. We're seeing a lot of missed extra points with them moving those back. So just kickers on the whole I think need to be part in right now. Okay, we'll give the kickers a pass then. And how about um, <laughs> defenses, who, defense-wise, who, who are you looking at that's been a disappointment for you this year that you'd like to pardon? Um. Probably the 49ers, even though we knew there'd be some, you know, some letdown here. They still had Navarro Bowman. They still had talent. They had some good, a couple of good showings, well, better showings uh, to start the season. And now they just, all they want to do is give up yards. They just, they, it's, from where they were last year to where they are now, it's it's kind of a bummer. Okay, I'm going to pardon Seattle, not so much because they're awful, but just because, again, you know, when you look at how they performed relative to where they were drafted, you know, I think you probably yeah. would have been better off waiting and taking a team like the Vikings later on, although I'm sure we'll get to that more. And, oh, by the way, the Vikings did not beat the Packers last week, so Packers back in, in the driver's drive seat. <laughs> just, well, I just thought I'd preemptively mention that, and hopefully we won't have to discuss it any further. But, oh, hey, of course we not. Why would we? Every every Super Bowl team except the 72 Dolphins has lost at least one game. So, you know, mm-hmm. I guess the Vikings you can't get too down on them for losing a game. But anyway, how about uh, injuries? It seemed like it was a tough week to be an NFL running back. What, what do you? It was have a bad week, week to be a running back. It's also a very bad week to be a Ravens fan. Although I, I guess you could argue a lot of weeks were bad weeks to be Ravens fans this year. But this one might be particularly bad. Um, so let's start out in Denver. We've got Peyton Manning walking around in a, a walking cast. He's going to miss at least the next two games, uh, and that kind of all depends, I guess, on uh, a lot of things, inclu- including Brock Osweiler's play. But at least two more games, Peyton yeah, Manning's going to be off Osweiler the field. Brock Osweiler doesn't play well. I'm guessing that Peyton Manning will heal a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, I think he might. Uh, they did also sign Christian Ponder today. Uh, don't. Don't get too concerned, but this is more preemptively, let's not end up like the Arizona Cardinals of last year. If Osweiler gets hurt, then you're left with guys who have barely ever started an NFL game on your practice squad, so things aren't great there. Um, Marshawn Lynch is going to be out until late December after having sports hernia surgery this morning. Uh, It came out yesterday. He might miss two games with an ab injury, and then in the middle of the night last night, he was going in to have surgery this morning. It kind of came out of nowhere, but he's going to be done probably for at least the next four weeks. The other big story in the NFL world today is Johnny Manziel, although I guess you could argue a lot of days it is Johnny Manziel. He's been demoted to the third-string quarterback behind Josh McCown, who's your new starter again, and Austin Davis, who I like. Um, He went to Vegas and was Johnny Manziel, so now he's a third-string quarterback. Enough said there. Um, the 49ers, Carlos Hyde, uh, still having problems with that foot, still not practicing. He didn't play last week. At this point, quite frankly, you could flip a coin. Uh, just keep an eye on that. It is uh, a late kickoff, so you might want to tread lightly on that this week. Tyrod Taylor's got a sore shoulder. He's been limited at practice. 
mostly it's soreness, not a ton of pain. He should be fine for this week. Some people are less optimistic, but from what I understand, he'll be okay. Uh, our boy in Kansas City, Charkandrick West, pulled a hammy. He uh, did not finish the game last week. He's day-to-day. Again, this one's going to go pretty much down to the wire on Sunday. Uh, Spencer Ware looking pretty nice in relief there. We'll talk about him more later, I'm sure. The Eagles have been hit with a concussion bug. Uh, Zach Ertz and Ryan Matthews both are not going to play on Thursday because of them. Sam Bradford has graduated from the concussion protocol, but he's still a very questionable long shot with uh, separated non-throwing shoulders, so it's still going to be the Mark Sanchez show unless something drastically changes between now and then. Uh, that, that would be tough. It's a short time frame. Uh, Panthers, Ted Ginn Jr. shoulder transplant. It's not even his throwing shoulder. He'll be all right. Uh, okay. But, I mean, I guess I, that's why I'm not Sam Bradford's doctor. <laughs> Panthers wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. is probable he tweaked his knee. Uh, amazing that he's able to do that when he could go pro in running out of bounds to avoid contact, but he did manage to get injured last week. He should be good to go this week. Falcons, Devontae Freeman, still in his concussion protocol. It looked better on Monday than it does today. He still hasn't graduated out of the first phase of the concussion protocol, so it's not looking that great, although a lot can change over the next few days, so keep an eye on that. Probably the most talked about concussion, though, this week goes to Case Keenum. He actually got concussed in the game. They didn't notice, left him in. Uh, Obviously, that didn't go great. He's questionable. Uh, He is still in the protocol uh, looks like it may be Nick Foles, but this one will go down to probably Friday before they make a decision. Matt Forte's coming back. He's going to play tomorrow night on Thanksgiving for the Bears, although he's not going to get the bulk of the, the carries. There is going to be a split between him and Jeremy Langford, so don't go jumping for joy if you own him quite yet. Uh, the Patriots are officially out of wide receivers, unless your name's Brandon LaFell. <laughs> Aaron Dobson's got a bad ankle. It's not broken, but he's going to miss at least one game. Danny Amendola left the game on Monday uh, with a sprained knee. He's hoping to play. He was on the practice field today. He's got a giant knee brace on, but they're keeping their fingers crossed there. Bad time to be a Patriots wide receiver. Darren McFadden. I'm shocked uh, that he got hurt again. I know. Who saw that coming? He never gets Nobody. hurt. Nobody. He's like Jason Witten of wide receivers. He's an Iron Man. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Darren McFadden uh, pulled his groin. He is limited to practice. He's going to play. Devontae Adams, professional hoodie on the field wearer, is going to be limited probably the rest of the week in practice. He's got a bad ankle. He's clearly not 100%, but it looks like he's going to play this week. Uh, I would tread very lightly putting him in your lineup, but, I mean, there are going to be points to be had in Green Bay. Um, The Ravens, pretty much decimated by injury. Joe Flacco tore his ACL and MCL um, but on the final drive of the game, but stayed in because he figured if he could get himself off the field, he could probably just continue playing for another minute. Uh, Justin Forsett broke his arm. He's done for the season. He had surgery Monday morning. Matt Schaub's the new starter in Baltimore, and they claimed Jimmy Clausen off waivers this morning. So not quite what they're hoping for in Baltimore, but, you know, here we are. The Redskins, Alfred Morris, uh, he a rib injury caused him to leave Sunday's game early. He fully practiced today. Uh, it looks like he should be fine. Colin Kaepernick, I'm sure you've all heard, is on IR after having surgery to repair a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder, a.k.a. he just didn't want to be QB2 in San Francisco anymore the rest of the season. Uh, 
Um, Andrew Luck expects to play before the end of the season. He's just not totally sure when. And the Titans are going to get wide receiver wide receiver Kendall Wright back from his knee injury. It's been three weeks. He's going to play this week, though. <sighs> and I can breathe again. <laughs> and that's our show for this week. No, not quite. And we're all over. <laughs> So oh, man. who do you like okay. to some Andrew. of the uh, waiver wire people? I mean, you, you know, I mean, Javorius oh. Allen or AKA oh. Bucks <laughs> Allen in Baltimore, who's been a uh, hot pickup, and then of course Thomas Rawls in the few leagues where he wasn't scooped up the first time. Spencer Ware, mm-hmm. who, who are some of the who who do you like this week just off the waiver wire? Uh, Jarvis Allen in Baltimore is probably my favorite and should be most people's because obviously uh, there's not a lot of health in their pass game right now. And he he's had some flashes of, of looking pretty good. Some of these matchups are going to work out well for him, particularly this week. I like Spencer Ware in Kansas City. I like him better than Niles Davis just because we've seen uh, – a couple of chances over the course of the season for Kansas City to kind of give give Niall Davis, you know, the the full reign and kind of make him the number one running back there, and he hasn't taken advantage of it. They haven't really bought into him. Uh, and Spencer West looked good last week. I mean, two touchdowns, 96 yards. Can't ask for too much more than that. So I like him a lot. Uh, Tevin Coleman in Atlanta, if Devontae Freeman can't go, is going to be the guy there. And, I mean, obviously Thomas Rawls, I don't love his matchup quite as much this week as some of these other ones, but if he's still out on your waiver wire, you should absolutely be picking him up. So, uh, and Arizona wide receiver J.J. Nelson, who we saw kind of emerge last week, this is obviously in a deeper league or if you're really hurting after some of these injuries, uh, he looked good. It's For him, targets are going to depend a lot on who's still healthy ahead of him. But this is a good week for Arizona to put some points up. It might not be a bad week to take a flyer on him either. Okay. So how about um, just diving right into the games here? So, you know, the good news is we're through with the bye week. We did Thanksgiving matchups this week. or Well, this year, this week, the only time we're having Thanksgiving matchups. But these could be good games. Um, I'm not quite as optimistic about these games as you are, which we'll get to in a minute. So there's only one of the three that I think will be a pretty competitive game, and we'll get to that in a second. But All first right. up, we've got first up. Well, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised, I think, as to which one I think will be competitive. But Ooh, okay. we'll, we'll see right. if we agree or not, or I should say, pleasantly unsurprised or unpleasantly surprised. Oh. One of those. Womp, so. Womp. <laughs> All right, first up, we've got the resurgent Detroit Lions hosting the the, the diving downtrodden. and, and <laughs> downtrodden and falling fast Philadelphia Eagles, the flailing I would like to say that's Eagles. probably the nicest thing I've said about the Eagles all week, so you're welcome, Philadelphia. Most of them are not family-friendly. <laughs> No, and, and speaking of not family-friendly, Mr. Buttfumble will probably be quarterbacking them on Thanksgiving Day, so that, that'll be a lot of fun. I, I think, didn't he have – no, I didn't that happen against the, the – no, it, that was it, against the um, Patriots, I think, not against the Cowboys that he had that. But um, anyway, um, this game I just – You're not excited about this game is, what, no, is where I, we're I going. No, I don't think it'll be close. I think – I think Detroit's <laughs> offense is starting to click. I think Philadelphia stopped clicking a long time ago. Was it ever? Just, 
I don't I don't think this is going to happen. All the protein shakes and everything aside, I just think Detroit wins this easily by at least three touchdowns. I'll go with a blowout prediction. I'll say Detroit 38, Philadelphia 14. Wow. Okay. I mean, the Lions have won two in a row. They they look marginally more functional. Uh, Matt uh, Matt Stafford has not looked like he's been on death's door for at least at least like ten days, which is pretty impressive considering the rest of the season. I'm, the Eagles are a mess. I think that's safe to say. Now there's a story coming out as Chip Kelly lost the locker room. Uh, does his team hate him? Are people not playing for him? You don't have Zach Ertz or Sam Bradford or Ryan Matthews this week. Uh, so times are a little tough. I don't necessarily think they have enough in the tank to win this game, but I think Detroit's only going to beat them by a field goal. I think 24-21, I see this being a little more competitive. The Detroit defense doesn't always look interested in playing defense, and Mark Sanchez will throw to Brent Selleck. He might not throw to anybody else, at least on his own team, but generally that works out for him. So I think they've got a chance. I don't – I mean, this isn't a game I would I would have been super excited about if, you know, anything else was on, but I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I might – switch over to that dog show that they usually show um, the puppy bowl. <laughs> after the Macy's parade. Yeah. Well, the puppy bowl, I think, is the Super Bowl, but they have, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. they have a dog show that they show on Thanksgiving Day, so I might be watching that instead. Huh. But, uh, well, you never know. We'll, we'll see. I guess here, living in the Philadelphia area, I, I have some kind of moral obligation to watch the Eagle no, Blues. You but don't. Uh, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So next okay, up so, we've got so game two. You think your yes. this, I guess, is the one you think will be competitive. I think it'll be competitive, but I still think Carolina will win this. But I, I think the Tony Romo led Cowboys are a much different team than the Brandon Whedon led or the Matt Castle led Dallas Cowboys. I'll go with a field goal difference here. I'll give it to Carolina by a field goal. I'll say final score: Carolina thirty, Dallas twenty-seven, in a shootout. Okay. All right. I mean, I like I like a lot of what you're saying. As a Cowboys fan, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the outcome. But part of me wants to pick Carolina because I picked I picked against Dallas last week and they finally won a game. But I'm going to go Dallas 27-24. I agree with you. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to go down to the wire. I think Dan Bailey wins this game for him. But on Thanksgiving, there's nobody better than Tony Romo. He holds, like, every record, roughly a million of them touchdowns, completions, yards, all that. So I'm hoping we see more of that. I would like to see some big plays out of Des Bryant, Darren McFadden, just feed him some turkey or something. He'll be fine. That groin injury should be no problem. Uh, I, I hear would turkey's like, good for that. Yeah, it won't make him sleepy. It's not going to slow him down at all. I mean, it's obviously a cure-all. <laughs> so, but Carolina, what I'm holding on to, Carolina hasn't beaten Dallas since 1997. Uh, granted, it was Kerry Collins beating Troy Aikman. Not a great time in Cowboys history, but I think that Dallas can pull this one out. If not, it's going to be a, a sad holiday. How many times have they played holiday. since 1997? I think 10. Oh, okay. That's more impressive. It's, huh? it's more than like five. <laughs> it's, it's sort of okay. something. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I think that string will end, but we'll see. So, and then not. the evening game. The evening game, thankfully, Baltimore is not hosting a Thanksgiving game this year, but uh, Green Bay is. Yes, they are. 
but uh, they're not even hosting that, thankfully. But um, yeah, this just fast forwarding for a minute. That Monday night game, I, I, the schedule makers dream, must be really kicking themselves at this point because that's yeah. probably going to set the record for at least watched Monday night game of the season when you have two teams that are already out of it by week twelve. Somebody into the Monday night spot. That'd, that'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, that might be a little difficult from the yeah. airplane and hotel standpoint. I'm but sure it's not, not even a problem. <laughs> yeah, probably. No big so, deal. <laughs> so the, the Thursday night game, the third game, which I, I don't know how many years that's been going now, probably about half a dozen. But Yeah, I, so I want five, five or six. Okay. So Green Bay is hosting that. I still remember the first one. I think it was the Giants and the um, – Broncos years ago when Tim Tebow was still quarterbacking. It was very hard the, to stay awake for that one. Like, you weren't conditioned after eating that much to, like, be awake for a third game. That was a tough year. Yeah, the all-tryptophan poisoning Maybe was... Maybe that's uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the final score of that game was 14 nothing or 14. It wasn't a very high-scoring game, but anyway, so... Chicago at Green Bay, I do think there'll be some points scored in this, not as many as in the Carolina-Dallas game, yeah. but... I don't think it'll be as close. I think this will be a closer game slightly than the Philadelphia-Detroit game, but not by much. And I think Green Bay takes this pretty easily. I'll say Green Bay 31, Chicago 17. I've got Green Bay 30, Chicago 21. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, if you've turned on ESPN at all this week, but Brett Favre's going to be in Green Bay. (laughs) Brett Favre and Brett Favre and everyone's the gang's all here. Like, so when I'm not so worried about Brett Favre, but when Bart starts in the building, you got to win a game. The Green Bay's got to bounce back. Uh, Now, how much do you think they had to pay those guys to show up on Thanksgiving night? Because I'm guessing that neither one of them lives in the Green Bay area. I know for a fact that Brett Favre. We know Brett Favre lives in Mississippi. We know that. Right. (laughs) Right. I don't know where Brett where where Bart Bart Star lives, but. Well, I guess I mean, do you do you really have to pay them? Like, it, it I, well, probably not Brett Favre, but if you're going to be kind of honored and be the man and have people love you and cheer you for a night, I mean, that's got to be kind of nice. I'm sure they still want to get paid to show up. I normally I'm the cynical one. You were the cynical one on this week's episode. <laughs> Well, we'll see. All right, shall we jump ahead to the Sunday morning games, as you like to call them? Yes, yeah, the 800 Sunday morning games, the stupid lopsided scheduling. But uh, I I would like to point out it's our favorite week of the year. Bye weeks are officially over. Bye-bye, bye week. Ah, check you out. You're so punny. Well, (laughs) the thing I don't understand is that, so we get two extra games this week because the byes are gone. And yet yeah, they they just all still in the one o'clock just, hour. Yeah, they're all still in the one o'clock hour. We actually have fewer games in the four o'clock hour than we usually do. Four o'clock, of course, being Eastern time, you may your results may vary if you don't live in the Eastern time zone. But um, it just yeah, there's only two games in the afternoon. You know, the Pittsburgh Seattle game that should be pretty good. Arizona San Francisco not so much, especially if you're a 49ers fan. But you know, there's there's yeah. got to be more than that. I just. I mean, like, can we somehow lobby to take over the job of schedule maker? Like, why is this so hard? 
so there's nine one o'clock games and you know nine early games and two late games on Sunday. That I don't get. It, no. you know, it used to be pretty much half and half, but you know, there's nothing wrong with giving an East Coast team a, a late game. I, I realize they can't really give the the West Coast you know hosting teams early games, but still. Yeah, but still, it's not like everyone's on the West Coast. Like we can make this happen. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, well, that's my my weekly. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. So, you yeah. want to actually talk about? Okay, games? I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'll get off my I'll get off my silk dish now and talk about uh, New Orleans at Houston. This again, you know, kind of who cares? Somebody's got to win this game. I think it'll be New Orleans, and I just, yeah, I think Drew Brees trumps the um, Texans defense. You know, I don't think Houston has much of an offense. I don't think. New Orleans has much of a defense, so maybe those two cancel each other out. But I'll say Houston, um, that New Orleans wins this by 10. I'll go with New Orleans 27, Houston 17. I've got New Orleans 27, Houston 21, just because the New Orleans defense is still pretty sketchy. I'm interested to see what they look like without crazy Rob Ryan on the sidelines, who went on TV this week and said that he thinks that the city of New Orleans blames him for everything, including Katrina, which might be the dumbest thing ever said on TV. Um, but, like you said, someone's got to win this I game. I don't blame him for the storm, but I do blame him for the levees breaking. There, well, there you go. That's fair. That seems like pretty reasonable. Okay. Um, okay. But it's just I, there's not a lot to get excited about in this game. Like, DeAndre Hopkins will catch passes, and Drew Brees is going to throw some touchdowns, and all will continue going on the way it was before. All right. Do we need to say anything more about this one or move on? No, no, not excited about it. Sorry, uh, New Orleans okay. fans. <laughs> All right. Next game, this one should be pretty interesting. Buffalo and Kansas City, both teams been playing better recently, both still with a, a shot, albeit maybe not the best, to still make the playoffs. Um, this one, yeah, I think it'll be close, but I think the home team pulls it out, and maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But I'll go with the final score: you love the Kansas Chiefs. City twenty-seven, <laughs> Buffalo twenty. I do love the Chiefs, but I'm apparently... I'm interested in the the matchup within the matchup here with Lashawn McCoy and Andy Reid going against each other. That I think is the most interesting part of the scheme for me. Um, but that being said, I'm kind well, of going not actually against, going against each other. I mean, it's not like well, Andy Reid's going to be out on the field. Crazy, that'd be fantastic. I would love to see yeah, but that. But when he just stands there on the sideline with that red jersey on, he looks so cool. Yeah, he does. That never gets old. It really never does. No. Always, always looking like the Kool Aid guy. But uh, I do think Buffalo's going to pull this one off, 27-24. Uh, I know some people are a little concerned about Tyrod Taylor. I'm not. I just. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Buffalo just has a little more going for them defensively than Kansas City does, and that's going to be the difference. Also, I'm a little more worried about Charkandrick West than uh, maybe some people are. But but you just said Spencer Ware was awesome and, and when we were I going through the, the free agent. But I think that Buffalo's defense is going to be a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Actually, this this might be – by tonnage, this must be might be the heaviest coaching matchup of the year. Ooh, it could be. Don't let Rex Ryan hear you say that, though. Oh, that's okay. Oh, by the way, speaking of Rex Ryan, the, the Tom Brady thing where he was trolling Rex Ryan last week on the Audible—that was hilarious. 
I mean, it's too bad that play didn't go for a touchdown, but that was hilarious. It would have been good. It would have been so good. It would, that play would have never gone away, which would have been the best part about it. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll keep calling it, and at least next time they play each other, that would be fun. Go ahead. All right. So next up, we've, we've got another kind of who cares game between San Diego and Jacksonville. Oh, see, I'm kind of excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, it's because you like teams in Florida for some reason. I don't, I don't even know why, but you... I do. <laughs> well, at least Jacksonville won't be wearing those, uh, what do they call Ooh. them, the, the full-color like, uniforms? Color like Rush jerseys? I don't know. Color they're rush. awful. I hate them so much. Why? Well, that Thursday why night game you? between... That Thursday night game between Tennessee and Jacksonville when Tennessee was in blue and Jacksonville was in gold. Do you remember that? Do you remember that internet meme earlier this year? The one with the the dress and what color is the dress? Is it blue or is it gold? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what that That's, game reminded that whole me game of. Was, made your head hurt bad. Yeah. I mean, it was so, almost as bad as you know if you were had color blind issues. It was probably almost as bad as the previous week's game between the Jets and the Bills, but um, maybe not quite that bad, but still. So hopefully so. these color rush things go away after this year. Well, I, I don't think they were. I think they've actually agreed, the NFL has agreed that they're going to use them in every Thursday night game next year. I don't know. You know maybe that. people will tune in for the first five minutes of the game to see the uniforms, but I can't imagine that that would make the games themselves more interesting or palatable. Can't they just watch Oregon football if they want to see uniform combinations? Like, do we have to make this a part of the NFL? I don't, I don't really know where else I was going with that, yeah. but really I just want them gone. No, Oregon's ridiculous. I mean, they might as well just have new uniforms for every play or at least have, like, four squads of players and just have them change after every play and just keep like shuttling them in show. and out. That'd be, that'd be something. That'd be a full-blown spectacle. That would be. We'll have to suggest that and see if the NCAA will buy into that. Yeah, right after, right but, after I get the job as an NFL schedule maker. <laughs> okay. Well, that'll only I'll take five minutes power to, to do that. and then you can deal with the uniforms. It's going to be number one on my agenda. All right. So... Back to the game then, Jacksonville. San Diego, Jacksonville. That would be a good one. You're hating on it hard. Yeah, I think, no, well, I don't know. I mean, just I don't. I'm not that interested in it because neither of these teams is going to be playing any meaningful games in January. But I mm. think this, you know, Jacksonville Blake Bortles is improving, and I think that they'll win yeah, this yeah. game at home by a touchdown. I'll go with Jacksonville 28, San Diego 21. I've got Jacksonville 31, San Diego 28. I've got a little quasi-shootout happening here. Uh, Jacksonville's won three of their last four. They're kind of surging in the right direction. They're getting better. I mean, that wide receiving core is definitely improving as the season's going on. San Diego's pretty much decimated by injuries. Like, these guys, none of these guys were really playing when the season started. So, it's, it's like a whole new year for them. Like, the whole concept of daily fantasy football lineups, San Diego's taking to an extreme and applying – in their actual daily life, which is an interesting concept. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think Phillip Rivers, the Jacksonville defense is all right. It's above average, but not too far above average, and I think Phillip Rivers is still going to put up a fair number of points on them. Speaking of um, interesting things, my my computer just crashed, so I'm going to have to pardon it for turning into a Thanksgiving turkey a day early and 
see how the rest of the show goes. But um, well, let's see what else we pardon by the time the show's done. We still got some time on our hands. Could be anything. Yeah, that's true. We do. <laughs> so next up, we've got the um, Super Bowl bound Minnesota Vikings visiting Atlanta. Minnesota obviously stubbed their their toe last week against Green oh, Bay yeah. at home. It's a, it's a tiny bump think, in the road for for you guys on the Super Bowl train. Tiny one, but it's it's a it's a harmful blow, but not fatal. But okay. know, this week at it, this week at Atlanta, Atlanta. I don't know. They're, they're kind of a, a team that needs to be pardoned because I think a lot more was expected of them than <laughs> what they've produced so far. But I think Minnesota will get its act together and get back on track this week. I'll go with Minnesota by field goal. Final score: Minnesota twenty-seven, Atlanta twenty-four. I just uh, sometimes when I hear you talk about the Vikings coming to the Super Bowl, like it just there aren't words that I can say after that because I just don't know how to process it. So I, I'm just trying to regroup here a little bit. But I I think that Atlanta's going to get their act together. I think Devontae Freeman will probably be okay. And even if he's not, then Matt Ryan will throw for a couple of touchdowns and everything all will be right again in the world. Except I guess well, Roddy White Coleman was supposed to be, you know one of the best rookie running backs this year, and he didn't get much of a chance to show that. And then all of a sudden, Devontae Freeman blew up, and Tevin Coleman has basically been unheard from so far this year. We might hear from him this week. Let's see what happens. It could be his breakout game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't hold my breath. I well, I mean, I also I also see the Vikings a little just, bit differently than you do. I think that's you're just to trolling me. No, some weeks yes. This one, this oh, one I'm not. <laughs> all right, <laughs> well, explain why anyway. you think Atlanta's gonna. All right. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about this game, or should we move on? No, I think I'm all good. I think I'm all set. Right. Oh, you know, in the in the. In, in the injury section, we forgot to mention Stedman Bailey. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't know how to categorize getting shot in the head twice. It's because he was already suspended, so it's not actually going to impact his on the field play. But he apparently is in stable condition after getting shot and in, in the head twice, which I think is insane. I don't know how that happens, but he's in stable but critical condition in a, a Florida oh. hospital right now. The one thing I didn't understand is I saw some account today where St. Louis, where the Rams issued some kind of press release, and they said, yes, we've talked to him, and he's okay. And I'm just thinking, yeah, who they gets said shot they in the head twice? How do you get shot in the head twice if okay someone can him. talk to you? I'm so confused That's, by this whole thing. Yeah, like, there's get, something about this raised? story that was doesn't like quite add up. What was it? I don't know. That I mean, sounds like That almost sounds like Brian Cashman at the end of George Steinbrenner's life saying, you know, that George was giving his input in the meetings, you know. Yeah, you know, we all knew that what was happening. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, or if he did give input, it wasn't anything that would have been useful to running a baseball team. But, you know, anyway, on a serious note, same, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, Edmund I hope Bailey's he okay. fine, he pulls through. But, like, at the same time, it's got to be, like, Al Davis was probably the same way, like, near the end of his life, like, just just talking crazy getting wild up in there. Like, not all of that's going to get used. No, no. So, all right, enough of that game. Uh, next game, one I'm sure you'll also be interested in because it involves another Florida team that you're fond of. That would be the Dolphins. 
It's like a list of order or something. I really, I mean, I, I don't know. But I do I like the I think you're dolls. destined to live there at some point. You're just heading further south on the on the map and eventually you'll wind up to in Florida. As long as possible. <laughs> so, but yeah. Miami heading up to New Jersey to play the Jets on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jets are, all of a sudden the wheels are starting to come off there. I mean, moving to Houston, that's not something a playoff-bound team would do when Houston's so as your Vikings as would they never are. Like that. Never. No. Well, Green Bay, at least, there's there's some justification for losing to them. You know, Houston, I'm not so sure about that. So, no, that was a tough but, one last week. Did not not yeah, pretty. Not a good one. But actually, as we said last week, the last time I remember the Jets playing at Houston was Mark Sanchez's first game as a pro, and they won that pretty easily last week, not so much. But this week they're back home, Ryan Fitzpatrick and crew, they're hosting the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill, you could argue that maybe he should have been a part in fantasy turkey, but... Yeah, you know. I'm not ready to give up on him yet, though. All right, well, in spite of not being ready to give up on him, I, I don't think you can really argue that he's having a stellar season, but in spite of that... Not at all what Dolphins, I expected. I will give you that. No. I, I still think the Dolphins find a way. I think a lot of people drafted him as a season-long leagues as a quarterback, too, hoping that maybe he had quarterback one upside, but, you know, just like with Sam Bradford, that hasn't exactly worked out. So, but anyway, back to the task at hand here. I'll say Miami wins this one by a field goal. Go with the same score as I did in the last game. I'll go Miami 27, Jets 24. I'm going Miami 21, Jets 20. Uh, I think this is going to be, I mean, both teams are struggling. Both offenses are struggling. The defenses aren't bad. I think this could end up being one of the lower scoring games of the day, and it's just mostly because I, this could go either way, in all honesty. I just I think Miami's got a little bit more. Uh, the Jets last week didn't do themselves a lot of favors, obviously, in trying to get themselves picked to win games, but it just, I don't know. This game, I would like it to go differently, but I just don't think that it, it's going to be a big offensive explosion here. Okay. I mean, on the plus side, Chris Ivory has been, I won't say surprised, but he's been, you know. Uh, he's, he's exceeded expectations he's going yeah. into the year, it's, I think it's safe to say. Exactly the words I was looking for and couldn't find Great. in my stupor here, but uh, my computer was stupor. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. Other New York team, the Giants, playing down Route 95 in Washington against the Redskins. Kirk Cousins is predicted last week on the fourth and inches show. I mean, is that is that too far to go? But I think the whole division probably needs pardoning. Well, only if we also pardon the AFC South because that's just as bad, if not worse. At least the uh, NFC East has teams that are at 500. But God, they're bad. Yeah. Anyway, the Giants and the. Well, anyway, I think this is the week the Giants finally. Leave 500 in the rearview mirror in in a good way. I think they'll win this game. I'll say uh, Giants 34, Redskins 20. I think Eli Manning. I, I've often said this year Redskins defense is better than you think, but I just think the Giants yeah. have a little bit too much firepower in their passing game, and that's why I think they'll take it by a couple touchdowns, 34-20. I, I've got the Giants. I've got them winning. I only have it by a touchdown, though, 27-20. I, I just – I agree with you on a lot of this and as well about the Washington defense. I just don't think that they're going to be able to go four quarters against 
Eli Manning's pass game all day just because Kirk Cousins isn't going to keep the offense on the field long enough consistently. And by the end of the game, this defense, the Washington defense is going to get worn down and Eli's going to find some hole to Odell Beckham Jr. and it's going to go like 67 yards for that game-winning touchdown. It's going to make me crazy. I mean, I can't you win that, regardless of how this game goes. <laughs> you know that big bandage that uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's wearing on his uh, hand now yeah, where he used to have fingers? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm just wondering if the NFL has some kind of a rule prohibiting him to decorate that, like if he could sell sponsorship on that or whether he could just draw claw marks on that, you know. Yeah, get like wondering. a nice like Jimmy John sponsorship or something, maybe like Under Armour. I mean, well, I guess it would have to be a sponsor that the NFL already like coexisted with. Or south of the border. Well, they could do FanDuel or DraftKings. Maybe. Who've been uh, getting their fingers blown off literally or at least figuratively the last few weeks. It would be a nice FU to do it in New York. I mean, with a New York player like that, that would be classy. I would like it. Yeah, it's too bad it's not a home game, but they'll have to wait for that. Yeah, is he still allowed to wear it in the state of New York? It's opened so so many possibilities. Well, you could wear it. You just have to have a little disclaimer at the bottom of the, the patch there that says, you know, not <laughs> the valid fine in print the is actually like down his forearm. <laughs> yeah, and you could just get a tattoo with the rest of it and just self space on his body then. Yeah, you know no that's coming in the future. Yes. Okay. Have we, have we so, been on topic at any point during the show? <laughs> probably not, but, you know, why should this week be any different from any other right. than. So. Next up, we've got Oakland at Tennessee. Oakland, wheels starting to come off there. Tennessee, wheels were never on to begin with. That was bad last week for Oakland. I I had such high expectations for them scoring points, and they did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't muster up much offense against Detroit, you're you're not going to win many games. This one, though, I think they actually do have a good shot at winning, and I'll just – I'm not saying – go out on a limb because there's no such thing as when Oakland's involved is going out on a limb. But I do think that um, they'll win this game and I'll go give it to um, them by a field goal. Maybe Sebastian Janikowski will hit an 80-yard field goal to win the game on the last play of the first half and then neither team will score the second half. But uh, anyway, I'll go with the final score of Oakland 24, Tennessee 21. I have this higher scoring than you do. I'm a little more optimistic about both offenses. Um, but I have Oakland 33, Tennessee 28. I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. Tennessee's had 10 days off. They get Kendall right back. Oakland gives up a ton of points at tight end, so Delaney Walker's going to have a good game. Um, but I think even though Oakland's on the road for, I think, the third week in a row, I don't really think that's going to be too much of a factor because the Tennessee defense is not great. Uh, but I, I think this will be this is a good game to get fantasy players from this week. Granted, I probably would have said that about Oakland last week, but I really feel like it's the case this week. I'm going with it. I would say, well, there's there's a couple of games that stick out for me. If you were trying to figure out you know, teams for potential high scoring games, I think I'd either go with the Carolina Dallas game or the New England Denver game. Those are the two that I would look at and say if you were going to stack a daily lineup. This weekend, those are the I two have games that I might be looking to do that. I think you do. Interesting. All right. We'll, we'll see. I, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, last week, who would have picked Jameis Winston or Kirk Cousins to lead their uh, daily teams? Probably not too many, but if you did, you you, you were sitting pretty at the end of the weekend. 
unfortunately, it wasn't us. Mm. I, I seem to be running into that this year a lot. I, I had Jameis Winston. I picked him up. You remember a few weeks ago I told you I had Eli Manning the week that yes. he threw the six touchdown passes, and I still lost that week, even though I wasn't yes. playing the guy that had Drew Brees. Last week I had Jameis Winston because Eli was on by, so I picked up Jameis Winston. He throws five touchdown cool. passes, and I still lost that matchup. So. What the heck happened to the rest of your team? It's not been a good season, especially at the running back spot. I I, uh, went pretty badly on some of my choices there this year. But anyway, so nobody cares about my fantasy team, so let's go back to the Stedman-Bailey-less St. Louis Rams as they travel to Cincinnati. Cincinnati losers of two games in a row as they've been knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten, but I think this week they'll get back on track. I don't think this game will be particularly close. Doesn't matter if it's Nick Foles or or you know or Case Keenum quarterbacking them. I don't think the Rams are going to do much on offense. It'll be the Todd Gurley show and maybe you know a few doses, a few dashes of um, Tavon Austin thrown in. But I think Cincinnati gets its act back together this week. I'll give it to them by two touchdowns. I'll say Cincinnati 31, St. Louis 17. Yeah, I've got uh, Cincinnati 28, St. Louis 17. So we're we're about the same spot. This is going to be a bounce-back game. The Ginger Ninja is going to reemerge. Everything's going to be okay. The ship will right itself. I could throw some more cliches at you, but I think that's probably enough. <laughs> well, that ship has sailed, so why don't we move on to – why don't we move on to the next game, that being Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. This could yeah. be an interesting game. I mean, going oh, into the will. season, Indianapolis, people thinking that they're a Super Bowl contender, and you know, Tampa Bay, nobody expected that much. Jameis Winston had some hype coming into the season as the number one overall draft pick, and, of course, the inevitable comparisons to Marcus Mariota. But mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, he's shown some signs of life. He went through that four-game stretch where he didn't throw an interception, and then he threw two and they lost. And then last week, he was back on track again, throwing five interceptions against the Eagles, which may, in the grand scheme of things, not be his most impressive season of the season. But anyway, you know, they did win the game, and now they're traveling to Indianapolis, which has had all sorts of injury problems of their own. The, uh, the one silver lining for them was the fantasy world. We got reacquainted with Ahmad Bradshaw last weekend after right? a couple of years' of absence. But, I yeah. know. Remember him? Yeah, I, I just – Matt Hasselbeck, okay, but I just don't think he has the upside that Jameis Winston does. I like Tampa Bay a little bit more in this game. I'll say Tampa Bay 21, Indianapolis 20. Excuse me, Tampa Bay 27, Indianapolis 21. I've got Indy 24, Tampa Bay 21. Uh, I think this is this may very well be the last week I pick Indy because I think Matt Hasselbeck might be dead by the time the game's over. That offensive line's doing him no favors. Uh, but I think... Uh, on one hand, I agree with you, Jameis Winston. Uh, overall skill right now might be a, a hair better, but I like the decision-making of Matt Hasselbeck better, um, and I just think that's going to give them the edge. Playing at home I think helps a little bit, uh, so I'm taking them in a, in a close one. I just think that Tampa might just not be all the way there yet, but I'm interested to see if Matt Hasselbeck lives to see the end of this game because I'm a little concerned about that. I think he will. He's actually been quite serviceable this year, so Yeah, he has. Yeah, you know, but you know, we'll 
I, I, I don't know. I, I think you'll you'll live to fight another day, as they say in <laughs> Clicheville. So, okay. All right, we're in the home stretch. So how, the home stretch of the, the Thanksgiving Day edition of the Cliche um, yeah. the show here. So let's see how many more cliches we can fit in in the next eight minutes. That's a lot. And let's start Ellen with uh, Arizona at San Francisco and... Yeah, not sure what cliche applies to this game you know, for Arizona. Not a fair fight. <laughs> not a fair fight. I, I would say last weekend's game, you know, the Monday night game for Arizona could probably be, you know, wrapped, summed up by the cliche all's well that ends well. Ooh, Certainly didn't look point. too good early in the game, but they did pull it out of the fire there thanks to some uh, some questionable signal calling, if you will, by the, the Bengals defense, which That's is a whole other story. I, yeah. Another NFL rule that that I wasn't terribly acquainted with, but I'm glad the officials were. I'm still so, guilty about last Thanksgiving's Des Bryant non-catch, but you know that's just me. Yeah, that's okay. You can you can uh, it, you have to let it go, as they say in Clicheville. Probably not. So, Probably never going to do it. All right, so who, it is who what you it think is. Going to win this game. The team that scores more points, and I have a feeling that's going to be Arizona. I'll pick them to win this 30-17. to 17. Arizona's going to play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. Uh, I've got them you do play to win the game. <laughs> but as one former Arizona coach said, they aren't who we think they were. There you go. Like if only we could just insert a meme in the and show. After right the game, there. hopefully somebody will ask the, the, uh, the 49ers about the playoffs. Playoffs? You're talking about the playoffs? Exactly. Uh, but uh, this I, this is just going to be a train wreck. I mean, it's going to be great if you have Arizona players on your fantasy team. 49ers give up the six most passing yards per game, and, and they're also six most and 20-plus yard pass plays given up. So I think Carson Palmer's going to have a pretty nice day. Uh, he's thrown seven touchdowns and almost 700 yards over the last two weeks. So I'm feeling pretty good about things there. 49ers defense maybe not so much. Yeah, they're not they're not very impressive this year. Actually, there's nothing about that team that's very impressive this year. No. I mean, when Blaine well, Gabbert is having a better Blaine season Gabbert than Colin game, Kaepernick. That was something. I mean, it looks. Well, Colin Kaepernick won a couple games too, but that's yeah, he had that's a few more chances at it than Blaine Gabbert has had so far. So, so those ex Jacksonville quarterbacks making their mark on the league. There you go. Got got something going for him. Sometimes you have to leave home to really um, <laughs> hit your stride. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful use of the cliche. <laughs> okay, well, we've got a few more minutes. I'll, I'll pull a few more out of the fire. Um, <laughs> we'll find some so more. We, the last couple of so years we have been kind of sad, so we have plenty of chances here. I, I don't know. I, well, the last, actually, hmm. I think the last three games are pretty interesting. Two of the last three, uh, those being the next two. So first up, we've got Pittsburgh at Seattle. And, you know, it's always tough to win on the road in the NFL, and I don't think Pittsburgh's going to do it here. I'll say Seattle and their 12th man, which they never get yep, flagged for. I think, I, I, yeah, I, I'll say, you know, and that does give them the edge. You know, they couldn't do it without their fans. But I'll say Seattle wins this by a field goal. I'll say Seattle 27, Pittsburgh 24. I'm actually taking the Steelers 28-24. Um the Seattle defense, when they're playing, you know, good quarterbacks, these 
quote-unquote elite quarterbacks, they've struggled some, and I think Big Ben's going to capitalize on that. Um, I think But when they're playing overall, well, they're unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, when they score more points than the other team, they generally win the game, too. But uh, Not I generally, that, always. Always, you don't say. <laughs> you have to be more definitive. Um, but anyway, you can't really run on the Pittsburgh defense, which is why I'm a little uh, less hyped about Thomas Rawls than some people are this week. Um, so Russell Wilson, I think, could be uh, a nice pick, especially in some of your daily leagues this week, because he's going to have to have a big game. He's going to have to throw for some yards, and if they're going to win the game, he's got to be the X factor. There you go. There's a good cliche for you. That's impressive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but just remember, the game isn't one on the field. It's one in the practice rooms over the course of the week. Yep. Hard work beats talent Preparation every day is everything. of the week. <laughs> yes, preparation beats talent every day of the week. Now we sound like an Under Armour um, commercial. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see if we can um, just um, move on from that and let's look at the New England-Denver game, which I think is going to be one of the better games of the weekend. New England, Tom Brady, what can you say about him? He's the greatest of all time. You know, Peyton Manning, what can you say about him? He's the greatest of all time, but he's not playing, so it doesn't matter. Um, Brock Osweiler, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Peyton Manning if Osweiler does anything worthwhile the rest of the season. Do you think Denver just waves goodbye to Peyton Manning, or do you think they bring him back and tell you know, Brock Osweiler to cool his heels for another year? happens this week, especially because I'm predicting that the the Brockweiler, which might be my new favorite nickname in the NFL, uh, is going to upset the Patriots this week. That's going to make this a very different discussion. Yeah, I I don't quite see that. I, I think it'll be a close game, but I think and uh, you know you win championships with defense, and Denver's defense has been getting a lot of hype this week. But I just. <laughs> think that uh, New England's offense is going to be a little bit too much for them, so I'll go with the final score of New England 30, Denver 27, although New England's offense kind of reminds me of that uh, character in the Monty Python movie that gets all his limbs cut off and says, I'll fight you as a bloody stump. That's kind of <laughs> what, except for Tom Brady, I don't think there's much left there at this point. Well, I've got Denver. I've got Denver winning twenty four twenty three. I think the Bron- the Broncos defense plus the New England injuries. I I, I smell an upset. I think the Broncos defense is going to keep them in this game. Brock Osweiler just or Brockweiler really just needs to not make mistakes, and then he'll be okay. And I think they can pull this one off at home in Denver, prime time. Let's do this. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited to watch this game. All right, yeah, me too. I think that'll be one of the the better games of the weekend, probably the best one. And finally, we at least uh, the most interesting going in. Finally, we have probably the least interesting game of the week, NFC North. I won't say battle, I'll say matchup because you know the only thing they're battling for is a top five lottery pick at this you know top five pick in the NFL draft at this point. So you might say that there's actually. Even though you do play to win the game, you might say there's actually more value in having a higher draft pick in terms of uh, what's going on for next season. Browns seem like they're still in need of a quarterback. You know, Ravens. Yeah, Raven. You know, mainly some stability, a quarterback and head coach there. But anyway, long story short, 
at the end of the day, I think Baltimore wins this 17-14. And it I've, is got, what it is. Uh, I've got Cleveland winning 21-13. Josh McCown's coming back. The offense will look a little bit more functional, but the Ravens need an identity or like a really intense Ray Lewis pep talk. I don't know. Both would be good, but the Cleveland defense gives up more rush yards per game than anybody else, so take that uh, to your waiver wire and pick up Jarvis Allen. Uh, but that, I think, pretty much does it for us this week. We've pardoned our right. turkeys. You guys let us know what yours were, <laughs> for sure, on social media all week long. You know where to find us. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And as Jana likes to say when we close the show. Yeah. Good luck in your fantasy teams, unless you're playing me this week. <laughs> and have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back next week on Wednesday night, as always, for you guys. Have a good one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.